All this dope I stepped on. Real get the rest gone. Then that nigga, what else you want? Hey, what is up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now watching or listening to the Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book 4 Force Season 2, Episode 2. And the title of the episode is Great Consequence. And today I am joined by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing today, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And I am also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you, Dana? I am doing wonderful. Excited to talk about Force. Excellent episode. <laughs> yep, uh, definitely an interesting episode. Some interesting things happen. Um, first of all, you know, it was good to see some of the people coming back to leave comments in the last episode, you know, episode one. Um, you know, we saw some familiar faces like Jeremiah, so so that was cool. Uh, I understand that not everyone uh, watches Force, and and some people also will probably take some time before they actually watch the new season. They might wait until a few episodes come out, but uh, but it was cool to see some of the familiar faces again. So you know, we really appreciate you guys for participating and commenting and everything. So. Friendly reminder, you know, if you enjoy the recaps, please do hit the like button, leave your comments, let us know what you think of these episodes um, of Power, and uh, also subscribe to the channel for more great content. And, um, you know, we also cover other, other uh, you know, we cover video games, we cover other entertainment shows, so you can check out those channels too, the Coalition Entertainment and the Coalition Gaming, so... Make sure you check out those. But I won't delay too much. We'll get straight into our takeaways. And this is the segment where we each give our individual take on what happened in the episode. And then, you know, right after that, we'll hop into our questions. I mean, sorry, our dis- uh, questions and discussion segment where we, where we uh, you know, we, we have a bit more of a back, of, back and forth about what happened. Um, so this week, it is actually Dana's turn to go first with her takeaway. So I can't wait to see what she has to say about this episode. So take it away, Dana. Okay, so I will I will say this. This show, how it's composed, is much better than last season in terms of opening it up to the land of Chicago and the city and making us feel like this is a lived in place in terms of with this episode, we are going to slow, we're slowly being more introduced into territories, how Chicago is ran and with great consequences. I feel that this could open the doors for more kind of people and conflict that we haven't seen before to step in. So with that being said, I, I am actually was really pleased with how they set this episode up. Um, I wanted to start with the fact that, you know, dad or a dog, he doesn't have the money to to pay um, Ireland back their, their fees for basically protecting him, but which went down with the events of 
the last season. And now we have the opportunity where all of Ireland could come after him. And I find that to be fascinating, you know, even though you may have stood behind someone for all these years, you know, I really love you and, and, and I protect you and all of this stuff. It's interesting to see how all of that will go away. One, if someone feels crossed and two, over money. You know, it's always money that leads us to a person's downfall. No matter how high up they are, you know, that is something that can lead to their downfall. And so with this, this sounds really interesting. And as a result, we see that he is trying to reconnect with his, his children. And I genuinely believe that he loves his kids. But right now it's coming across as, you know, I need to save my own ass. And it's interesting to see whether or not his manipulation skills can work this time around now that the kids were previously burned in the other seasons. So I look forward to, to what's going to happen with that. And, and also with Claudia, you know, she was always made to feel like an outsider simply because her gender, and this does tackle gender politics, simply for being a woman, you know, she can't have that seat at the table. And Vic at this moment should not be at anybody's table. He is a complete mess. And you would think normally, rationally, well, this person can't come in. I have someone who knows how to run stuff and runs it very well and to be independent. You know, he did find out about Dahlia and that whole situation. She's very independent. She is very smart. And this is someone who really wants the job and has stepped up multiple times to say, I am here for that, posi that position. But again, because of sexism, identity politics, whatever it is that he feels, he won't let her in simply because of her being a woman. And so that's really interesting that you ever heard the term, you cut your, you, what is it? You cut your nose off to spite your face. He in the return is just hurting himself solely because his daughter is, is a daughter. Um, I found that to be very interesting. The biggest other thing that makes me look forward to what could happen is the fact that you have, um, what was it? Miguel owes money. And, you know, um, everyone in this episode seems to owe money. That, that, you know, trickles to being this great consequence of your actions. And the fact that, you know, you know, it, it feels that, you know, I wonder how that is, everybody needs money. Gennard is paying, um, what was it? How did it go? M Gennard was playing Miguel with someone else's money. And so now we wonder what's going to happen with that. So this means that Gennard needs to step up more. What's going to happen with Diamond? You know, the consequences of his actions from off season, where we have with the, with the parole officer, does this mean he's going to be, he's going to have to step, we've seen him have to step away sometimes. So I am, I'm interested in seeing what is happening with that. And the parole officer is, you know, he is one of those sticklers who's going to just be annoying pain in our ass this whole season and pain in his ass this whole season so I do find that to be interesting um another thing that I did like is even though Victor is a mess it's refreshing to see someone go through that grief I wonder there was a scene that happened in the very beginning where Tommy and um, Vic was at the grave site. I think it was Gloria's grave site. 
And, you know, he was saying, basically, I've been there before. Um, it's really interesting to see whether or not these two, now I'm not saying they have a shared bond, but if they'll have more of a connection, even though we know that, you know, Tommy offered him a position, it was solely, you know, money-based and self-centered. You can also argue it wasn't something out of I care for you. But it would be interesting to see how these two characters interact this season, especially with Victor being a complete mess. So I will say that that was interesting. And another part that I found interesting was we had a drive-by, and it showed how innocent victims are you know, they're being killed behind someone else's actions. And we've seen multiple times, you know, other shows that'll have drive-bys, but it never really kind of follows through on, 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 you know, what's going on with the regular bystanders. And I find that to be really interesting. Um, it was sad, but it's something that happens, unfortunately, too many times. So it's nice to see the consequences of their actions and how it affects regular people. So that would be kind of my, my big takeaways. Overall, for me, I'm, I'm trying to phrase this nicely. The dialogue is not working for me, and that is the biggest standout. The acting, great. There's nothing wrong with the acting. There's nothing wrong with the direction, set design, everything else. Fine. The dialogue, to me, I wish would improve because it just feels like, None of these characters would really say some of these lines that are so kind of corny. You know, it's at the clock. Um, then we have the one that's like basically with the, the Miguel sister, you know, is like, I'm not that kind of girl. You would run away from me. This is kind of like dialogue that we've heard 15,000 times before. I'll gut you like a fish. Um, so I do wish that they would step up with that because it was just a really glaring of how that, how that was, and it kind of took me out of the scene. Um, but other than that, I will say that it was interesting to see how, the how everyone's actions have consequences, and I hope that the show follows up on that in other episodes. Oh, very uh, excellent takeaways there, um, and I, I actually agree with you on the on the dialogue because because for me I feel like there's you know um, there's moments where like I can see that they're trying to create an interesting dynamic, but it just falls flat just because of how the dialogue is worded and stuff. Like there, there's a there's a there's a lot of instances of that. Like at the top of the show. Uh, with the, the the detective guy who who we're supposed to know that know is kind of street smart, I guess. You know, he talks to Rich Chicken Wing, you know, um, <laughs> to get some information. But you know, some of his some of his dialogue just doesn't hit. And it's the same with the uh, detectives and the investigation team. It's like I don't know. Sometimes it just kind of falls flat to me. It doesn't feel as uh, as authentic as regular power does. Um, so I think it's, a, I think it is a dialogue problem. It just needs to be elevated a little bit, I think. Um, but, but yeah, good takes, uh, good observations overall with your takeaways. Go ahead. You, you had something else to add? There was, there was, there was one more thing that was just really glared out. I don't know if this mm -hmm. is a negative or a positive or, or one of those 
you know, learning lessons. It was that scene with Vic in the liquor store. So bad. But still, Vic in that liquor store. And previously, Claudia is explaining how much he stinks and smells. He hasn't washed in probably days. And then we go into the back room with the, the lovely lady of the night who gives him that job. And I'm like, is this, this is how you get an STD, children. What was going on? And what was this? What was going on in here? So that just was something that was really glaring and stuck out to me. Like, you know, he did not wash for days. And then she's in there with her mouth on, on body parts that I'm sure was, was not clean. So that just stuck out to me. That was just a really funny moment for probably the little wrong reasons. Yeah, that, that was just a real random scene overall. Like, <laughs> like it was, I don't know, it was, it was a bit weird. It was funny, but it was weird. Like, you know, it just seemed random how everything just took place. But but yeah, um, definitely agree with you. Um, so yeah, great takeaways. We're going to hear from Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. now. So Rich, when you're ready, hit us with your takeaways. Yeah, so uh, for Dana, uh, excellent takeaways as always. Uh, my personal thoughts on this episode, I thought it was okay. It was entertaining, but as you both already stated, some stuff felt a little overstuffed, a lot of additional things we didn't necessarily need. And I will get into that, but, uh, I have three takeaways I'm going to get into. So let's just start right from there. Uh, first takeaway, I want to talk about Jannard in this episode. Obviously, uh, Jannard is still having a lot of issues in struggling to control his organization. We did see at the beginning of the episode, he does tell the other two guys he works for that they should go after Tommy because he wants Tommy killed after what happened. And of course, as the episode progresses, Diamond eventually catches up with Jannard and tells him, don't do this. We're not trying to start a war. So when Jannard goes back and tells the guys, okay, the plan is off. Don't kill Tommy until I say it's time to kill Tommy. One of the guys gets very angry, and uh, we find out later on the consequences of that, which I will get into soon. But pretty much, Jannard, this whole time, this guy that is working for Jannard is also somebody that goes to the gym and talks to Shanti. So Shanti, who we know, is Jannard's love interest. She obviously is also in a situation where she's always backing him. She does give him money at the end of this episode because the money that uh, – because Jannard owes Merkovich, and he also owes uh, Miguel. And what ends up happening is he actually gives Merkovich the money he was supposed to give Miguel. So what we essentially find out is Jannard, obviously, he's having a hard time selling product, doesn't have much product, and he doesn't have much money coming in. So Shanti coming in as the, the person that cares about Jannard, obviously, she knows a little bit about selling product because she had her guys helping to sell the product, but she tells Jannard that he has an organization problem. He needs to really step up and take care of things. And I'm very curious to see where that relationship goes, because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe it's going to end well for either, either one of those characters. And Jannard would be the main catalyst for that because of the bad decisions that he has been making uh, thus far, but we'll see what happens. But I, I, I really do think uh, they're headed for disaster sooner or later. So stay tuned. Uh, my second takeaway, I'm also going to touch upon the Flynn's because, uh, as Dana already alluded to, this episode we saw a lot of Vic 
at his lowest, darkest times, doing some very ridiculous and questionable things. Now, obviously, let me just say this right now. I like the grittiness of power as a show, but it kind of feels like sometimes they get into very unnecessary scenes just to show you, oh, yeah, we're edgy with what we're doing in terms of the characters. Like that whole scene with him going to the liquor store and getting a certain job performed. I don't necessarily think that that was necessary for the storytelling. You've already told us that Vic is at a low point. He doesn't trust Claudia, and he also doesn't trust Walter. But, of course, what we do find out at the end of this episode is that, obviously, you know, we know that Walter pretty much gets in this shipment of these these bad pills that he needs to sell. And we, at the same time that this is happening, Claudia is... She is basically sleeping with Brendan, which is the guy who was representing Dublin to try to get intel to find out what's the deal that uh, Walter has. Uh, And she hasn't got any information yet, but she's trying to work her angle to help save the family. But essentially, when Walter gets access to these pills, he approaches both both of his kids to ask them to help him sell it. And he goes to Claudia first, obviously. Um... She decides that she's in. He has this whole spiel about, I know you've always wanted to be in charge, so I trust you and and we can do that. But he does tell her he wants Vic in. Then when he goes to Vic and Vic tells her he wants Claudia cut out of the deal. So we definitely need to stay tuned to see what happens with that because I feel like Walter is basically, as Dana said, he's out to save himself, all right? So I do. So he is going to obviously make a turn on his kids. I think we can see that coming from a mile away, even though he does tell uh, Claudia later in the episode, I had to cut you out. Obviously, people are going to hold grudges. So we need to see what happens with that dynamic. But what I was alluding to earlier is that at the end of this episode, we do find out that Vic now has a plan to take Walter down from the inside, which I think is very interesting. And I think that whole conversation that Tommy had with Vic at the beginning of this episode, he basically comes to Vic and asks him, he does recruit him to CBI. And then of course he turns that down, but then he asked him, I need you to let me know who killed Liliana. And he, of course, Vic says, I don't know, but I will let you know if I find out. So there are a lot of things happening with the Flynn family to the point where I'm very curious to see how this season ends. I don't think that every character makes it out of this season, but, uh, We need to stay tuned and see what happens. But it is very interesting in the sense that he wants to take 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 down Walter. And basically what I got out of that conversation with Tommy is Tommy is basically sick and basically getting him to start this process of going after Walter, because obviously Tommy does want to find out who killed Liliana. But I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind if uh, Walter, uh, you know, also ends up getting in some trouble with Vic. So let's see what happens. I do think it is possible those two characters in the future, they do have a bit of a main objective here, and that is to get power and control. So uh, I look forward to seeing what happens next week for sure. And finally, I'm going to go to my final takeaway from this episode. And and essentially everything that happened in this episode regarding Tommy Diamond, so on and so forth. Now, as Gary already mentioned, my name for today's episode is uh, Chicken Wing is a Snitch. Because I thought it was very funny how you have these little random characters on the street. They see something happen, and then they say, oh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not no snitch. And then moments later, he tells this guy, 
oh yeah, Chewy, this guy was a part of CBI, so on and so forth. So you kind of already know that was unnecessary, but uh, it was comical because it's like a very random name, Chicken Wing. I never heard of nobody named Chicken Wing, so I thought that was pretty ridiculous. But essentially, um, what happens is after Tommy kills Chewy, he does go back to see Diamond. Of course, we have to have the unnecessary sex scene of Diamond messing around with his new girl. And Tommy interrupts him, you know, and then pretty much he does tell him he killed Chewie. And, of course, Diamond is not happy about that. That's why he does go to talk to Jannard and tries to talk him out of starting a war. Now, throughout this episode, you do see that uh, when Diamond is at his barbershop, he does get visited by the parole officer, and Tommy is there. So the parole officer has now seen Tommy. Uh, that cannot be good moving forward, you know. So I'm very curious to see what happens as far as the story is concerned. But Tommy basically goes out on his own to meet up with Miguel because Diamond can't. And at when he does that and he goes visit Miguel, we do see that there is a uh, a bit of a shooting that takes place. It's a hit by the Serbs because, again, there is a war between Miguel's crew and the Serbs. So Tommy gets shot. We had the whole dramatic thing of Tommy, of course, having to get help by uh, Miguel's sister. Maria, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name the correct way, so I just say, yeah, Miguel's sister. But pretty much, she does fix him up. They have that whole conversation, the flirtatious stuff, and obviously we know at some point, as Tommy's love interest, we'll see how that relationship progresses. But we do also see, as Tommy is leaving, he gets to meet uh, the grandmother, uh, you know, and Miguel's uh, mom. She does not like Tommy. She thinks that uh, Miguel needs to watch his back around him. And I think she has very good reason to be worried about him. What I find very interesting, though, is, again, what I like about this episode, as Dana alluded to, is titled Great Consequence. But it's just it's like the entire episode, all this stuff happening with the Serbs is based on last season because of all the stuff that happened with Tommy. The Serbs coming after Tommy and then him having this whole deal with Murkovich, and then everything going south. So I just kind of find it interesting. I mean, Tommy is really the root of this issue with the Serbs. Miguel obviously doesn't know that, and then later on in the episode, we do see that once he finds out the meetup spot where they're going to, where the Serbs are going to be having, that's where he pretty much, him and Diamond go, take them out, and then they take the product to sell for themselves. So this is a very master uh, manipulator plan, uh, you know, here between Tommy and Diamond to basically they want to become the top distributor in Chicago. Uh, and I'm very curious to see what happens once Miguel finds out, because I'm assuming at some point they're going to find out what happened with, with this whole situation. But they figure, well, they'll just take each other out and then we can be the ones making all the money. It's a very interesting plan. Let's see what happens. But at the very end of this episode, we do unfortunately witness a drive by that takes place. And again, that's a consequence because of Jannard's guy who decided to go after Tommy, even though Jannard told him not to do that. So uh, the, the what I think was excellent about that and how that was handled is that at the beginning of this episode, we do find out the task force is not approved. And then once this happens and a kid gets killed on the street, now the detective says, OK, now we definitely need to get the task force involved. So I will say I definitely agree with what Dana said. I like how they set up the episode in terms of what could happen next. But uh, I'm just very curious to see what happens with some of these characters because my whole thought is that 
with all the events happening in the show right now, there's no way every single character gets out this season alive. That's just my personal opinion. There has to be some casualties. And now that you have a war that's brewing between the Serbs and, and, and Miguel's crew, I kind of feel like, yeah, somebody, some people are definitely going to get taken out. And Murkovic better get taken out because that character should have got killed last season. That's just my opinion. But uh, we'll see what happens. But overall, I thought it was an okay episode. It was entertaining. Yeah, was there some stuff that was was too was unnecessary? I know it was put in there to just make it a, m- a lot more gritty. But overall, I thought it was an okay episode. But uh, let's see what happens next week. Oh yeah, I agree. It, it was a uh, you know it was an okay episode. Felt like um, it feels like they're building at the moment. You know, they're building up the the, the I guess the uh, the tension and drama and everything and all the story elements. They're kind of just building out. But um, but yeah, great observations and uh, takeaways there. And hopefully we will expand a little bit more on on some of those things when we get to the questions. But um, yeah, I very much agree with with your takes on this one. Um, So let let me just get into my takeaways and then, you know, we can have uh, more of a back and forth about that. Um, So... Firstly, you know, I like this whole, um, I like Jannard's place in this show, this season, like, because he's kind of like the problem child a little bit. Um, We see that he's kind of getting himself into a predicament, you know, where he owes, you know, he owes McGuell, but but he still has a, you know, he has this arrangement with with, uh, Murkovic where he promised him, you know, these corners, but CBI is currently holding these corners. So he so now he has to pay Murkovic. Um and he's you know he ended up giving the money that he owes to Miguel to Murkovic. And um luckily he had Shanti to bail him out this time, you know, but she's not going to be able to do that all the time. So I'm very curious to see what his solution is going to be to to this problem. And um I do like that even though he's not really part of CBI anymore, like he's not part of Diamond's crew and stuff. I like that they're spending a lot of time with on the character to kind of, you know, develop him still because he is a very uh, entertaining character to watch. Like, the you know, the character's expressions, he's got charisma, he's funny, you know, so he's a very entertaining character and... Um, it's cool that they also gave him a love interest because Shanti as well, she seems like a, a really cool, interesting character. And I feel like she has a, a, probably a very interesting backstory that I would like to know more about. So, um, I, you know, I want to know how she got into being a boxer and stuff like, you know, what, what was she doing before? You know, so I hope we get to see more of her character, too, through, uh, you know, <clears throat> with Janard and stuff. Um Excuse me, I got a bit of a cold still, so I might cough uh, and talk a bit slowly. Uh, but yeah, I'm loving the whole Janard dynamic. And what I'm thinking as well is that I feel like Janard is going to get himself into some serious trouble this season. And I feel like that is going to make uh, make Diamond have to kind of like save him somewhat. Like he's going to have to help his brother out. And this is going to cause conflict with Tommy because we know these two characters don't get along at all, you know, Janard and Tommy. 
And uh, you see what happened at the end of the episode, one of Janard's men fired at Tommy. So, like, the beef is escalating between the two. You know, it's only getting worse. So I think it creates an interesting dynamic if Janard gets himself into so much trouble that Diamond has to bail him out. And maybe maybe it's, it's so bad that Diamond needs help bailing out his brother and he actually goes to Tommy to help him. You know, and you know what is Tommy's reaction going to be to that? If that's the case, you know, I think I think it creates a very interesting dynamic because we even see in this episode, you know, Diamond actually goes to talk to his brother. Um, so you know, they they they're able to be cordial and talk to each other because they're blood, you know, they're brothers. But you know, if if what would happen if Tommy has to, you know, go and help this dude? Like, I think that's going to be interesting to see. So yeah, I can't wait to see how uh, how these situations escalate for Janard and and what what that does to his relationship with Diamond. Um, and second takeaway, um, uh, see, I could I could talk about either one of these first. So let me see. Should I mention this one first? As we can see, we got some. Yeah, so I'm I'm a, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do my third one first. So, as we like in in this uh, episode, we see that Miguel, there's someone higher up to Miguel in the cartel, right? Uh, because his abuela, you know, his grandma, he uh, she she actually tells him to go talk to this dude about the Serbs, you know, um, and then he ends up visiting this guy in the club. And he's basically saying, yo, we, we need to go to war with the Serbs, you know, right now, like, because, you know, they're shooting at us and everything, like, they're disrespecting us, so we need to go to war. But the guy basically talks him down, and he goes one step further than talking him down. Like, he threatens his sister, you know, he threatens doing all this stuff, like, so this is a real serious dude, like, a real, you know, and... I feel like this creates an interesting dynamic for Miguel now because what I'm thinking is what if at some point he tries to take this dude out to take his place in the cartel because he could very much try to do that. You know, um, I think I think that is the next progression for the character to to kind of take this guy's place and be like the top dog in the cartel, you know, in Chicago, because why is he, you know, taking that that crap? from him, you know, he, he's talking about his sister like that when all, all he wanted to do was clap back at the Serbs, you know, which I, I guess it is a big deal because that messes up the pipelines and all that stuff, but but he didn't have to go there with him, you know, because, <coughs> excuse me, because um, Miguel wasn't disrespectful to him when he, when you know, when he was talking, so this guy just went straight for the jugular. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I I feel like I I kind of want to see Miguel take this dude out, you know, at some point. And who knows, maybe he'll even ask for help when he does that. Like but maybe he'll even tell, you know, Tommy and 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 uh Diamond, if you help me with this, you know, with this mission that I'm running, then I'll cut you in the deal and and give you good rates or whatever, you know. So Maybe that's something we might see uh, because I, I really want to see that guy die now after he said that stuff <laughs> to, to Miguel. So that would be cool. Um, so then let me get to my final takeaway. 
So Tommy's approach, you know, Richard mentioned it, Tommy's approach with, um, with, you know, uh, basically him and Diamond going to, to, uh, you know, shoot out, shoot up the deal and everything and take the product. Like that was a very uh, deceptive way to go about things because I thought, you know, especially after the whole shootout that happened where Tommy kind of helped Miguel and then he got shot himself. You know, I thought I thought after all that, you know, he would try to do his best to build trust with Miguel, especially if he if he he clearly has a thing for, for Miguel's sister. You know, so I thought Tommy would probably try to, you know, um, build build a lot of trust and goodwill, good faith with Miguel and, and the cartel. But, you know, clearly he still has his own motives at the forefront. Um, because, you know, he, he orchestrated this whole thing to take all the products and escalate the beef between the Serbs and the cartel. So he's just creating more problems for Miguel and everyone by doing that. So that's a very, it's a very bold move for Tommy. And I guess it does kind of show, uh, see, th- this is why that's good, right? Because if you compare this show to Ghost, although Ghost is the better show, it's more entertaining, in my opinion, but one thing they, they, they're doing well with this show so far is that they're making Tommy a very active character. Like he's making active decisions, you know, that, that change the story and affect the story. So that's one thing I've got to give him credit for uh, because he could have easily been passive in that situation and tried to tailor to Miguel a, a little bit more, you know, but he chose to do his own thing with Diamond and uh, do the thing that benefits him the most. But he's very bold because he's also shooting at uh, Miguel's sister. You know, he's still he's still trying to get with her and stuff. So it's very bold how he's moving. And um, I can't wait to see, you know, how that, that ends up because I'm sure um, it's seeming like every week uh, Maria is, is taking more of a liking to Tommy. So at some point, we're probably going to see them get together or have a date or something. So I want to see what Miguel's reaction is going to be to that when he finds out, you know, especially as well, you know, with the abuela, with the abuela, the, the grandmother, what, what is she going to say if she sees something like that go down, if she sees, you know, Tommy gang with Maria. So that's going to be very interesting too. But um yeah, that, th- those are my main takeaways. Um, I will say, like, you know, um, I very much agree with what you guys said. They're doing a good job of building towards a bigger story, I think. Like, they're putting all the pieces in place, especially with the uh, the new task force now. You know, I like how they kind of built that up a little bit to say, okay, now the task force is really going to take off because, you know, X, Y, and Z happened, you know, the, the shootout and then the child getting hit, you know, that's the reason for the task force. So I like the, how they built that up. Um, they're doing a good job with that. It's just, you know, like Dana was saying, there's just a few things that kind of make a few of the scenes feel forced. Uh, no, no pun intended with that, but you know, some, sometimes it just feels a bit forced with uh, the dialogue and the things they're trying to show, you know, with the characters and stuff. Um, there's not a lot of subtlety there, you know, especially like with that that convenience store, the liquor store scene or whatever. 
Like, it's like there's no salty. It just kind of happens. It goes right into, you know, sex, seeing, you know, <laughs> like edginess or whatever. And yeah, it was it was uncalled for because we already knew, like R- Richard said, we already knew this guy was down bad, you know, so they didn't even need to do that. But yeah, it's just that's what power does, I guess. You know, So it is what it is. But yeah, uh, decent episode. It wasn't standout or anything, but it was good. So those are my takeaways. But Dana, you had something to say? Yeah, I have a question or something that, that kind of both of you mentioned. One, first of all, I've known, I've heard of many chicken wings. And, you know, people who are lingering in the dark, who, you know, uh, do something strange or some change, but, you know, they're always out there knowing what's going on. And that's how he was able to get the pancake. Well, you know, if he's able to feed him information, it kind of was, you could argue a little bit similar to what Bubbles served in um, The Wire. He just always, remember, he always knew because he was there on the street. I think every neighborhood has that, whether it's the, the old nosy white neighbor to the drunken guy on the super who's always there. Every neighborhood has one of those people. Um, but one of the things that was interesting was, I'm trying to be devil's advocate here, of putting in a scene that may have seemed wasteful, but actually they can come back to later. So for example, Chicken Wang being the observer, knowing what's going on, right? Basically saying that what you think that you're doing in the dark is always gonna, someone's always looking, it's gonna come to light. But also, and this also goes with the name that I have there, Chico from Queens. We already know that Tommy has a history in New York we know that they are looking for him, you know, that he's not dead. It's very easy for people eventually, not now, to start talking. And the fact that they could have easily just said, hey, my name is Chico, and that's it. He said, I'm Chico from Queens, and he made a point to say, here is how we're connected. So I wonder, are we going to get back to that? Or is this going to just be another throwaway scene of, remember, we were supposed to get the Jamaicans from last season, and we never got our Jamaicans. Um, so I, I think, I hope, that that is something that does come into light. Also, really interesting is the concept, the concept of we all answer to someone. We thought that Miguel was the big head honcho. You know, we saw him torturing people, being all strong. But then we find out that he has a boss. And we saw how angry he got, how belittled he was. You know, so everyone seems to answer to someone in this show. No one, and to go back on power, has the full power yet. And my question kind of to to both of you, um, I wanted to know whether or not you feel, yes, we're only in the second episode, but we're in the second episode of the second season. Do you feel that they're still relying too much on ghosts? When we saw previously, oh, I'm like a ghost in the shadow. We saw in this episode, you know, oh, I had a friend who used to say that. We all knew who he was talking about. He's constantly alluding to ghosts. Do you feel that this show relies too much on ghost uh, I, I didn't i didn't actually mind that because it's like that was a big part of tommy's life you know him, him and ghost they grew up together and that did affect him and who he became so 
something like that, I don't mind like him saying, oh, my old partner used to say that. But I do, I do agree, like, you know, when, like, for instance, when you were saying last week, like, um, they, he doesn't need the cameos from Ghost and all that stuff. Like, he can hold his own in the show. I do believe, you know, Tommy as a character is able to hold his own without having to, you know, rely on the cameos and all the other characters from the other shows. But I do, part of me does want to see that, though. like, from time to time. I do want to see another character that we know step in, you know, even if it's just for an episode or half an episode, just because it is a universe and it's cool to see that. But I, I agree with you in the sense that Tommy can hold his own as a character, you know, and, and not have to rely on all the other stuff. But one thing I did love is the Julio reference because yes. no, no, nobody talks about Julio and he was one of the most loyal characters in, in power period. Like he was like one of the best so it, I like that. I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and yeah, I'm glad that Dana brought that up because I I think that can get revisited if they find out what really happened to Julio. Maybe this guy, Chico, knows what really happened to Julio. So I, I'm very curious to see if that is explored. But to answer the question, um, I do think that uh, I, I actually agree with you, Dana. I, I don't want them to keep referencing Ghost. I think that the decision that Tommy made at the end of this episode, when him and Diamond decided to get the to take the product, I don't know if that's a move that Ghost would make. And this is why I say it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out. Because as Gary said, very deceptive way to do business. And and Tommy also has the balls to still go after Miguel's sister as well. This there's no way all of this is going to end in, in, in positively. So I would love to see what happens. Because I don't think Ghost would make that move unless unless he, you know, I mean, he could make that move, right? But he's not going to make that move and also try to get the girl, too. I I, I don't think that, uh, I don't know if he would do that. But uh, I, I do think that this season, they're going to try to do as much as possible to establish Tommy as his own man. This is why when we were talking about in the premiere episode, that it feels as though it's more Tommy-centric focused and he has a lot of active action in what's happening in the story. So I kind of feel like they're going to try to move away from that. But yeah, I I don't mind the reference to Ghost, but I, I definitely don't want to hear Ghost too often in this season, in, in my opinion, moving forward. Yeah, like when, when, when they spam the word Ghost, yeah, I, I don't like that. Like you don't have to yeah. spam the, the, the whole word, like using all these cliches and stuff. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I agree. And, um, and, and no, go ahead, Daniel. No, 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 no. I was gonna just because it's another part that I want to bring up. Um, really quickly was the end when Victor had his monologue scene. I was wondering, especially for you, Gary, because you're, you're a writer and you published a writer, by the way. Go get his books, he's amazing. Yay. Um, do you feel that this show has too much exposition and it does a lot of telling? instead of showing, if I'm laying out all of my plans, I would rather for me see that as opposed to you saying, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get you back, Dad, you know, and this, I can't stand you with this. Or would you rather him just stay silent and we see him move that's opposite than how he's supposed to move? Because that last scene to me, I'm like, why are you talking so much? How do you 
both of you about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, you go first, Rich, actually. Yeah. I, I'm actually also very curious to hear Gary's answer. Uh, but I agree a thousand percent with you, Dana. I'd rather they, them just show us what's happening. Um, I, I, I feel the reason they, they did, they ha- he had that monologue at the end about what his intentions are was to let the audience know, yeah, you may think I'm working with my dad, but I'm really going to stab him in the back. I think they did that intentionally to make it very clear to the audience that he's going to turn on his dad. But they could have done that a different way without him actually saying that in the actual monologue. So I agree 100%. I want them to show stuff instead of telling us ahead of time. And I especially, this is a call back to uh, Power Ghosts because Gary said the show is, is, is excellent. I agree. But I still had an issue with uh, what happened to uh, the father on that show and how we knew exactly how he was going to get killed because Monet set that whole thing up. So uh, I would prefer if we just see it happen as opposed to being told exactly what's going to happen. Then when it happens, I'm not surprised because I, I knew he, I knew he was going to get killed. So, but I agree. <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're both a hundred percent right about that. Um, I think um, what, what this show sometimes has a problem with is the ratio of showing and telling and, like, I feel like sometimes they show, when they do show, they show the wrong thing. Like, you know, they, they, they spend time showing us something that doesn't matter. Like, but, but then they tell us the bit, the major plot points, like they, they just give it away. You know, they tell us like, uh, like that example you had about Vic, you know, and his father, like, yeah, don't, don't tell us that because we want to see what he, he's, he plans to do ourselves, you know, through, through his character development. Um, so, yeah, I completely agree with that. I feel like they, they just need to, they need to like, I don't know, I don't know what the problem is, but they need to focus more on, on showing us the important things that drive the plot and the character motivations and show us less of you know, like the, the the liquor store, you know, we didn't need to see stuff like that. You know, you could have spent more time showing us like, you know, some important character development. We already knew Vic was down bad. We've been he's been moping about for, you know, the past two weeks now, like, you know, in this show. So um yeah. So I think that's really it. You know, they just need to tighten up and show show us the important um, character moments. Go ahead, Rich. And I was just going to say a perfect example of them doing it right is exactly what Tommy and Diamond did at the end of the episode, because Tommy told Diamond they he, they want to be the top distributors. And then Diamond said, well, the only way that's going to happen is if we kill Miguel and the Serbs. And instead, Tommy, you saw him lay out the plan. Take out these guys. Take the product. It wasn't where him saying, OK, well, I, this, is what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the product and do all this other stuff. We actually saw that play out on the show. So, yeah, that's an example of them doing it correctly as opposed to what they did with Vic. So I agree. They, they definitely need to show us more instead of just saying this is what's happening. Even Sorry. And you could even argue the drive-by scene. That was showing without telling. Um, yeah. We knew that there was conflict between them and Jannard. You know, we should take them out. And then Jannard saying, no, don't do that. We didn't sit through a plan of saying, you know, at two o'clock, we're going to hit this street and he's going to yeah. be here and we're on the lookout. <laughs> we just got a scene of 
something's kind of weird. There's a little tension in the air. Oh, there's a drive-by. We don't know who it is at first. Oh, it's, it's Dumb and Dumber. They did it. And then we see an innocent person on the ground. I thought that was perfectly executed. I just, so yeah, just overall for me, certain things don't need to be explained constantly. And I just wonder if, is that just to fill the time? Because, you know, you have to meet a certain amount of minutes and pages. Then it just makes me wonder the overall structure of, of the show. What, what are you doing? I wonder. I agree. Yeah, it, it could be that. It could be them trying to fill time and stuff. But I feel like there's there's much more better and more creative ways to fill that time. Like you could show us some other interesting things. But um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it will get better as it goes along. Who knows? You know, as as the story gets a bit juicier, maybe uh, you know the the showing will will get better too. But. Um, you know, because I, I guess, like, in the early stages of the season, maybe they have to, like, carry the, the audience a little bit, like, carry them along to get into the story. So maybe that's why they're telling certain things. But, um, but yeah, good, good, uh, good points overall, good questions. Um, so, you know, I have a few questions, too. So let me start with this one, since we were just talking about Vic. So do you think, you know, th- this relates to a comment that um, I think Jer- Jeremiah left it um, on the last episode. But um, do you think that, you know, throughout this season, we're going to get a very strong redemption arc for, for Vic's character? Like, is he really going to, you know, become like a, a key figure in this show and become, you know, one of the, the shining members of the cast? Um, because... So far, he's been very lackluster as a character. You know, even in season one, you know, he was he was very into Gloria and you know, um, neglecting you know the family responsibilities and stuff. And now, you know, he's kind of mourning Gloria uh, uh, still. But now, you know, he's starting to. It seems like his arc is starting to kind of kick off a little bit. Where you know, now his father's asking for his help and he's agreed to work with him. But then we see he's, he's also thinking about, you know, um, sabotaging things for his father a little bit. But so the question is, do you, do you think that he's going to go through like a full redemption arc in this episode to the point where he's going to be a major figure in this show that people love to, to watch, you know, and who's going to contribute heavy to the core plot points of the show, like, you know, to the point where he affects what Tommy is doing, you know, do you see him going that far in this season or is he going to still continue to be an average lackluster character? (laughs) You know, so uh, Rich, what what do you think about that? Uh, That's a very uh, interesting question. Uh, You said you are asking, do we think he's going to become a shining part of the show? Uh, my personal opinion, I just don't see that. I, I no, there's no way. I mean, I don't see that. But let, but let me let me clarify what I'm saying. The character does need a redemption arc. We can all agree after what happened last season with Gloria and the fact that he wants to get revenge on Walter, that needs to happen. But here is the thing: it's going to be very complex because. The whole thing about family, and this is what I believe you or Dana mentioned earlier about the fact that Jannard may need to get saved by Diamond, so on and so forth. Well, I think that 
you know, once Vic finds out that Claudia was the one that killed Liliana, that's going to be a bit of a conflict because he wants to hurt Walter, not his sister. But then again, I don't know because he tried to work with his sister and she she decided to do things her own way. So I don't really know, but I'm pretty sure he he only would want to hurt her. He wouldn't want her killed. The character, I think, wants Walter uh, dead, you know, at some point, because Walter has a lot of stuff going on. I find it interesting also has Walter has not brought up the health issues that he has had last season. That hasn't really been mentioned yet again this season. And the, both of the, I believe both the kids know that he's in bad. He, he's not, doesn't have good health. I mean, but my whole thought is that I think he's going to be tested this entire season because he's going to have this plan where he wants to take down Walter. And as he is putting this together, he's going to have some conflict with that plan. Now, I don't really know how it's going to play out, but I do agree the character does need to get some redemption because, again, as you both said, he has looked pretty pathetic since the season has started. Uh, you kind of want to see him get some redemption, but when you ask the question dude, about him being a shining star, I don't think he's going to really be that big of a star on this show. Claudia, to me, is the most interesting character on the you know in that in that family on the show right now and i think that will remain consistent because from season one you saw her you know being basically working with tommy then killing starting to kill people you saw her develop as a character to become more ruthless from season one to season two so i definitely think they can do some stuff with vic in this season and i believe he's going to get some type of redemption but i don't think he's going to ever become a major major star on this show that's just my opinion but I definitely want to see what they have in store for him as a character, for sure. Interesting, interesting. Um, do you think, do you feel like it's a matter of the actor? Like, do you think the actor could carry a more important role? Or is it just the character itself? Well, I think the actor is, I don't think the actor is bad. I mean, I think he's, 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 working, with, he's working with the material that he's given. And I kind of feel like Gary Lennon is going to try to do more with that character this season. But I, you know, but in terms of him being a major player on the show, I, I don't know if I could see that, you know, they had the whole thing where he established that relationship with Seamus last season, you know, working with the, with this guy and all this other stuff. And they have some type of power. I mean, he is basically considered, you know, he's supposed to be the next to take over, even though Claudia has proven that she can take over as well. So it's it's common this family dynamic. I'm very curious to see where they go with it. Uh, I do, but again, he is going to get some type of redemption, right? You can't have the character not get some type of redemption, and some of his plan may go through, but I, there's going to be some conflict that he runs into at some point. I I don't know what the conflict is going to be yet, but if it has to do with telling Tommy Claudia is the one that killed uh, Liliana, that's going to be a problem. And you already know, as they showed us last season. If Tommy wanted to take out Vic, he could take him out just just like that. So uh, I'll be curious to see what happens with him moving forward. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, how about you, Dana? What do you think about Liv and his arc? I want Vic to be forced to grow up. For example, if he kills his father and he thinks that it's going to go one way and it ends up going another and it requires him to, to be a man. I feel that Vic is at this point 
where he has to be forced to grow up. Um, we do know that the Irish mob is after the family. Tragedy could easily bestow the family. Claudia could easily be taken out. And therefore, he could be forced to, to have to rely on himself. So I feel that that would be something that would be more beneficial. Um, you could also look at it. I look at it as two ways. You can, and I know we're going, why does this rely so much on power? But um, you can view it as a Tariq situation where Tariq had to grow up. And we all were like, this is a little kid. He's annoying. He needs to get his behind beat. Every time we rejoiced in that scene when they beat him with the bag of oranges, because we was like, he deserved it. And then we look at him now, and they look at what they did to the season finale. He's literally, you could argue, he's on his own. He has his best friend, but he's on his own. You know, Tommy gave him that, you know, cut all loose ends, go forth and be free. So I could see that kind of happening with Vic, but he is at that stage. I feel even if Gloria never died, he has someone who has to tell him something to do. Gloria had to tell him what to do. And even if she was alive, she would still be telling him what to do. Yes, you can say he made the choice to do it, but someone had to tell him, I want him to step up and think for things for himself. And maybe you can argue that's what that entire monologue was about. Him coming to the decision to do something that no one else told him to do. So you, that we could see pieces of that happening. But I really feel Vic is the kind of person, at least right now in this stage of his life, where he has to be fully forced for that to happen. Dad might have to die, so there is no connection to that. And we already know he's older. He's sick, as you alluded to from last season. Um, that the, the fact that he has to push bad, what was it, heroin? Or one of those pills, I'm, I'm not sure the, what it was, but he has to push bad drugs. You know, that can cause a whole other thing where he can end up jailed or maybe, you know, in retribution, somebody comes after him. But I really feel that he's not going to be a man organically. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, that's, that's my final answer. Is and what are we redeeming him from? What exactly are we redeeming him from? Redeeming him from constantly being up under his father, constantly being up under glorious boob? What, what exactly is his redemption? You know, he was someone who, if you really looked at it, his girl was murdered by accident. And now he has no one, or at least he, at that moment, he had no, he had no one to rely on. He was stuck and depressed and sad. And I understand grief, but what are we redeeming him from? From his grief, a natural emotion. If you look at the first season of him, he even being introduced. Soft. He's soft. <laughs> what was his one big brave scene? His one big brave scene was when he was in the alleyway. Remember when he was in the alleyway in like I think the first episode. With the second episode of the first season, and he was acting like a big tough guy. Okay, what else do you have? So I don't know. There's nothing to redeem. Redeem yourself from being a child and having a backbone 
And, you know, we could be getting gl glimpses of that. But in all honesty, I don't really feel, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> that his, what he says is going to end up being his action. Because we all say, no, I can't stand this person. You know, we all have that. I should have said this and this to the person. You know, we have an argument. And yeah, and, and, and that's why, you know, your mama's a home. But you don't say that out loud. You said it in your head. And you regret the fact that you didn't see you didn't say that. But when you see that person that you just had the argument against, hi, how you doing? And you don't say anything. So that's where I feel that Vic is at at that stage. I feel that he is at that internal, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to kill my dad. Where's the action? And granted, he just now said that, but I look forward to there being some action. So until that, there's nothing to redeem. Just in period, there's nothing to redeem. He's constantly playing the victim in the situation. What are we redeeming you from? So yeah, that's that's just my take. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get what you're saying um, about what is there to redeem. But so so here is what I would like to happen um, with Vic in this season, right? <laughs> I would like for Walt to to pass away this season just because I feel like if Walt goes, it is going to force both Vic and Claudia to pick up a lot of his, you know, responsibility and stuff. Like, you know, all of the, the stuff that he does running his empire is going to fall directly on them if Walt is gone. So I do want that to happen. I feel like if, whenever that does happen... Is going to elevate both those characters a lot more. Um, but also, you know, we know that Tommy wants to, to avenge Liliana, and we know that Claudia was the culprit, was the, the one who pulled the trigger, right? And in this episode, we actually see that Vic kind of, you know, he uh, he kind of like, you know, he doesn't tell him um, who killed. He doesn't tell him outright who killed Liliana. He hides it from him. Um, and yeah, so I feel like maybe that is alluding to something that might happen later. And the way I see it is maybe Tommy finds out that it was Claudia and he comes after her and maybe Vic is forced to protect his sister. And maybe that is like a moment, you know, for him where he is forced to kind of um, take that strong stance, that strong um, role in the family. Go ahead, Rich. I like that theory, and I'm going to tell you right now, if that happens, I could very easily see Tommy kills Vic. Because the thing is, when Liliana got killed, Claudia felt a little sad about that. She didn't mean to do it. But I could see Tommy be like, okay, well, I came after you. I, I, I wasn't able to get you, but I did get somebody that was important to you. So now that will put them on a war path in season three with Claudia and Tommy. Now they both know they got to take each other out to some extent, but that, that's probably what's going to end up happening. So if, if that's the direction they go, that's probably what's going to end up happening. Yeah, or, or maybe even Tommy's, like, maybe it's a situation where Walt is there too when Tommy tries to come at Claudia and he and Tommy ends up taking out Walt. And then, yeah. you know, then it's the two siblings against Tommy in season three or something like that. You know? mm -hmm. I just want to quickly it, say I, I don't I just, like that. I just don't see Vic dying that quick. <laughs> I don't like that. I think that Walter has did enough where 
his own people should take him out yeah. as opposed to an outsider. I just feel that it's, it's you, you know, his theme so much is family and tradition and doing things a certain way that, you know, you're putting the fear of God or, or you know, into him because now the Irish mob is after him. And to just have that all go away and have Tommy be the one to take him out negates everything of what they kind of build up with this character and this entire family. You know, he's established himself through this, this, this Irish, you know, mob family and, and in his past. And I think that it's one of those situations where I would prefer that his past, you know, catches up to him and, and it has to be done. And then again, when we talk about throwaway characters, the, the guy who he was said, um, 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 Claudia sleeping with, who is on the other side of the family. I, I just, for me, I just need that to happen as opposed to Tommy. It just loses, it just loses things for me. I just, I just don't, I don't want to see that. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, and my comment is, if it does happen the other way, we can easily, and let's say they have no further character development for Vic. Well, we know Vic wanted to take wanted to take Walter out. So, but if Tommy takes Walter out instead, I could see him being angry about that because if they don't develop the character, he's just always whiny and stuff like that. And then at the same on the same on the same token. I do feel like Claudia wants to get back at her dad now because she because now Walter brought Vic into this and cut her out of this. So if they go in that direction, Claudia and Vic and Tommy does take out Walter. I think Claudia and Vic have a legitimate reason to be angry that they weren't able to take out Walter and now they need to they want to they want to get revenge on Tommy. That's if they don't do any development. But I want to see what they do with Vic as a character because they have to have some type of plan for him to have these lines like, oh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to take out my dad from the inside. Okay, so now as a viewer, I want to see how that is actually going to play out. But I don't think it's going to work the way he thinks it's going to work. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. You know, just because just he said it doesn't mean he's actually going to do it. You know, uh, anything yeah. could happen. So, yeah, but um, good discussion there. Um, I do want to get to... Uh, another question. Um, so, Tommy, you know, as a character, he has a long history. We've 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 seen it all play out. Um, now, Tommy has a curse, right? He has a curse where his girlfriends end up dead. You know, we saw it with Holly. <laughs> we saw it with Holly. We saw it with Lakeisha. You know. Um, so if you date Tommy, it's potentially very dangerous, you know. So the question is basically, and this is just a fun one, you know, um, if if he does end up with Maria, will she survive the Tommy curse? <laughs> so do you, so first of all, I guess it could be a two part question. Do you see her going all the way with Tommy? Because we see that she has her own rules and that she doesn't date her brother's associates or whatever so you could answer that part of the question too like if you actually think they're going to end up together um but also if they do end up together is she going to be able to survive the tommy curse 
you know, so two part question there. Go ahead, Dana. You're shaking your head, so you can you can start. You could go first. I knew she was dying the second that she said, if you knew it was good for you, you would stay far away. You know, that was the moment when I was like, oh, you're dead. Because remember, we always have an innocent. And even though she is Miguel's sister, she doesn't get involved in that lifestyle. She may come and help, you know, remove a bullet out of your body, stitch you up, put a cold pack on you, make sure you have some aspirin, but that's it. She doesn't get involved. And we know that this is going to create even more conflict with Miguel. And we know Abuela is going to go. Abuela looks like one of those kind of, of women who like led a, a revolution in, in her country. So I'm just waiting for her to like grab that shotgun and chase Tommy with it. But yeah, she, she, that girl is dead. And we do know that they get involved because remember the promos and the trailers and the teasers kind of showed him with her in the bed kissing you know smiling and i'm like oh once you start smiling googly eyes and you say that horrible line you know i'm not that kind of girl you done screwed up she's dead um i i i that that's sometimes that should just be tommy's curse as long as he is involved in this lifestyle there will always be a woman who is dead and you could even argue even though they wasn't banging. Who was the woman who died last season? Liliana. Because every woman he gets close to ends up dead. Tasha somehow was just the miracle child. But, um, yeah, so rest in peace. I will watch the funeral. Thoughts and prayers to the family. But she's dead. Yeah, to, uh, Tasha was the miracle child, but he still tried to kill her, too, so... <laughs> So I mean, yeah, the, the curse remains, you know. If 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 you don't end up dead, he's gonna try and kill you. So uh, you can you can wait. You can make the argument. The only reason why she's still alive is because Tommy moved on and didn't want to kill her anymore. Because remember when we got that scene, we was like, oh, she's gonna die. We knew she was gonna die, but he was the one who was like, you know, why are we doing this? I'm tired. So, you know, when he decides he's not going to kill you, you're you're good. But that's kind of the only person he's, female-wise, he's given grace to, was Tasha. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a good point about Liliana. You know, they, they went together, but she got close to him. So she's part of the Tommy curse, too. So, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Maria, Maria better watch herself. And I, I guess Kate is also exempt because, you know, it's his mother. But, but yeah. <laughs> Kate, I feel, will eventually kill herself. And I think that they made a point with saying, I'm clean now. Look at my family. Yay, I'm a grandma. I feel something is going to happen where she... Okay, random thought. Ding, ding, ding. Something's going to happen when she needs that hit or something. And she ends up getting involved with the drugs that we know is bad that the father has to sell. And that could take her out then, therefore, that, you know, connects with Tommy, and then he goes after Flynn. So remember, this season is about war, what we've seen so far. And even if you look at the trailers, you know, 
um, they did that whole Frank Sinatra, which is not Frank Sinatra, but Nat King Cole version of, um, of something with less dance. So I really feel that in order to tie things in and to in order to to really initiate that war thing, because right now, if you look at it, the Flynn's and Tommy are neutral. Even though we can't stand each other, they're not going toe to toe, head to head. They're neutral right now. We need something to, to, to ignite that spark. And I do feel by her saying, I'm clean. And he's like, mom, take it. He kept emphasizing, mom. He wasn't even like happy, like, hey, mom, I'm proud of you. We're like, what's wrong with you? You stupid or something? He's a crack. So I think that that is how we get into the bad drugs. Because if we look at it right now, who within the show would, would be the most vulnerable to the drugs? You you could you could say Vic, but Vic knows that they would be bad because he came from a son. So therefore, it has to be her. Tommy's not around. She goes to the local, you know, drug dealer dude. Here's these bad pills. She's in the corner like, and she did. And we've seen that. Remember in the last season, and we never got back to this, and it bothered my soul. Remember there was a guy who was connected to the Flynn's who ended up being a drug addict on the street that the father kind of tended, no, it wasn't the father. Well, Paulie's son, um, Paulie's son. Paulie's son. Who the hell is Paulie? Is he dead? The concierge or whatever is, you know, the- The consigliere, where's the consigliere? Where's he at? He was was in this episode. Yeah, he's still still talking to Walter. He's still consulting Walter. Oh, sorry. Yeah. He's a good consigliere because I didn't even know he was there. But yeah. So we we kind of set up the theme, you could argue, about drug addiction and how it affects the ones who are closest to us. Mom is a drug addict. Yay, kill off mom. I'm good. Yeah, that that is actually a very great take right there. Like I, I could see that happening, like, you know, that they somehow Kate relapses and gets those pills and and uh like that that would be amazing. Like I See, you're you're a writer too. See, you gotta give yourself some credit. So <laughs> that's a good take. I, I I would love to see that. Um, and like you said, that would be you know something that ignites the beef between uh, the Flynn the Flynns and the Egan family. So uh, yeah, good good take right there. Good theory. Um, but Rich, how about you? What do you think about you know Tommy's curse? And you could also respond to, you know, what Dana said as well about Kate. First and foremost, yeah, that's an excellent take by Dana, because that also made me think about another scene in this episode we had we did not discuss where Diamond is having a conversation with his girlfriend. We know his girlfriend is somehow connected to the police. All right. They had their whole spiel where she came in. I guess they were role playing, but they're having this conversation and she is. She uses Dahlia, right? And she asked him, oh, so you're still not messing around with it? He says, no, I don't, I don't do any of that. So I'm very curious to see, as Diamond is dealing with the situation with his brother, because I do believe the comment that was made on this episode earlier about him having to help Jannara, that's a very real possibility in the future. I want to see how that's going to affect him emotionally, whether or not he does end up trying Dahlia, because that can definitely happen. And uh, if that does happen, that will not be a, a that would, that's not going to be a good thing for uh, the character moving forward. I would say. Um, 
But I want to see what's happening because, again, the fact that they have random drug tests, the parole officer could show up at any time. We already know Diamond doesn't do drugs, right? But they made it a point to emphasize the random drug test. So I want to see if he falls victim to this later, either him or the girlfriend, because she is messing around with Dahlia. So stay tuned for that. To answer your question, though, Gary, I think that's a trick question when you ask, is Tommy going to have a relationship with Maria? Yes. And we knew this in the first episode because he still has to teach her how to drive as well. Right. So that's probably going to happen pretty soon. uh, And things may escalate from there. But yes, that is Tommy's love interest. He is going to have a relationship with her. And yes, it's going to end in tragedy. But I will also add and say this. The fact that Miguel still has Maria around amidst all the chaos that's happening with him and the Serbs, she already is on borrowed time, in my opinion, because she should not be anywhere near, you know, after what happened in this episode with the shootout, she shouldn't be nowhere near that area. Obviously, she was in the back. She was there to help Tommy out. And of course, because we know that her brother has diabetes, she's there to check check up on him as well. But the fact that she is still in this environment with all this chaos that's about to happen with this war, she's also a target. She can get taken out. And as you mentioned, Gary, the guy who is Miguel's boss, by the way, I also want to see that character get killed because I thought he was very disrespectful with how he treated Miguel. So um, he also alluded to the fact that he would do something to her as well. So I, I feel like the character is one way or another, she's on borrowed time. She can get taken out at any point. So we need to stay tuned and see what happens. But um, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing what happens. But that, that character is pro- is not going to make it make it around. And as Kate alluded to before, when she spoke to Tommy, she I remember it and she told him, anytime you get around people, it doesn't end well. It doesn't end well for you. So yeah, she was right. And she's gonna be right again because something is gonna happen to the to, to, to uh, Miguel's sister. I guarantee it. <laughs> mm, and do you see uh oh, did you already answer the K thing? You already did, right? Oh no, no, no. Yeah, I I, I said that's an excellent that's an excellent yeah. take by Dana. Um I 100% could see that happening, uh, and it would make sense, right? Because now Kate has a family. She's trying to turn over a new leaf, and she likes having a relationship with her grandson, so on and so forth. So, yes, that this is going to end in tragedy. It's, it's going to end in tragedy. And, yeah, I, I do like the idea of him, Tommy finding out about the pills, that Walter has something to do with that, because, yeah, that would give him more motivation to go after them too. So I, I want to see how all this plays out. But that's an excellent take by Dana. I agree. She 100% she is a writer coming up with, the, with, with these types of ideas. Indeed, indeed. I also want to uh, give a shout out to a uh, good friend, uh, Dimitri, because he actually had a, a take on um, Kate that he told me about. Um, and yeah, he was basically saying that he thinks that Kate could be sick already. Um, and that could be like the reason for her not taking drugs because I think there was a moment in the first episode where she kind of coughed or something. Um, so he he thinks that she might be hiding her sickness. Um, and then there's another layer to this where he thinks that she might actually end up needing a donor. And that's when it comes out that there is a relation between the Egans and the Flints. So... That could be something, you know. But what do you think of what do you think of that theory? 
Because, you know, I Irish, the Irish bloodline, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, Dana. But not every Irish person is related. Like, we were all black, but we're not sitting here related. Yeah, I call I you Brother Richard and, and Brother Gary. That's <laughs> like in spurt. Um, no. But it's TV, you know. It's TV. I mean, it is TV. Okay, yeah. So going off of that, it is TV. I think it feels kind of cheap. If that ends up being the case, I would laugh so hard. Um, but I think that we already had, you know, Black Tommy, and that that's enough. So we should just be happy with Black Tommy being a random brother. Um, where they established that, and then he just went away, which is good. You know, he was there a couple of minutes, but then he went away. Um, I don't like that idea. I really don't. It feels so cliche. It seems like one of those plot twists that we've seen so many times from movies to TV shows to cartoons that um, it would just feel cheap at this point. And then, like, what would be the point? I don't see anyone in, say, for example, the Flynn family donating a body part to Tommy's mom. I just, you know what I mean? I just don't, I don't see it. I mean, they, they might not go through with it, you know, but maybe, maybe through the whole process if they figure it out, but, but maybe they but don't. But you would need blood tests and everything else. You need, you know, why would they even Cause, put cause themselves we know, in that predicament? Because remember, Walt is sick too. So like, there could be, you know, I don't know. There could be a way to link that. But if you're both sick, no, no, you see that not you that's not logical you know if we're both sick in the hospital and we both you know they ran some blood tests you know a doctor's not going to randomly come up to you hey did you know that's your biological brother over there gary <laughs> so i just don't i i hope that that is that is that a no that would be that would be atrocious that would be i would prefer the bad dialogue than uh, that i don't think uh so I, I don't think it's a bad take because there was actually a point in the first season where I thought that's where it was going. I thought it was related to them. Um, but but I do what I do like is your take about the, uh, the, the, the bad pills. I think that would be interesting. But, you know, th- this take with, the, with them being related, I feel like if they were going to go in that direction, maybe season one would have been the better, uh, you know, Part to do that. I think now maybe it's I don't know, but it's not a bad take. But go ahead, Rich. Uh, I agree. It's it's not necessarily a bad take. I guess they can have a lot of different things they can go for. I, I like Dana's idea better, but I do want to add this in there because this ties back to what we spoke about earlier. We made the comment that we don't like or we don't want them to keep referencing ghosts. But one thing I do want to say is this: as far as Kate is concerned. Remember when Ghost died, you know, he, he, he sent money to Kate. She actually got, he, he gave her more than he ever gave to Tasha, everyone else. So the point that I'm trying to get to is it would make sense for something bad to happen to Kate and for her to get killed. Because that's another part of somebody who knew Ghost, knew about his relationship with, 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 with Tommy, growing up as kids, so on and so forth. So that is, again, getting rid of anything having to do with Ghost that Tommy would, would would feel something for. And obviously Tommy, you know, he would be very he would be an emotional wreck if something does happen to his mom, even though he doesn't want to act that way uh, around her sometime. He would be. 
So that's why I feel something is bad is going to happen to her. Um, we just have to wait and see how it plays out. But the character, I feel, at some point is going to die for sure. But go ahead. Okay. So, one, I completely forgot about the money. Two, has anyone used any of the money? Because they're still kind of in the same situation that they are right now. Hmm. It, where is that's the money? Question. Is it in escrow? Is it in the house? What is going on with the money? And the only thing that I can kind of maybe don't know that it could pull off is say someone is looking for Tommy. They go to the mom's house. They discover the money. They kill her. That could be the only way how how I can see, you know, and we're at this point in the show where everybody needs money at this moment, except for obviously Tommy. Um, Everyone is owing someone. But that could work. But I, I just, I don't know how I feel about that. But you just brought up the money situation. Where is the money? What happened to it? I have no it? idea. I, I, I mean, did I, anyone I, at least? That's a good question. I have no idea where it, where it is. Uh, as you said, the current situation that's been happening on the other show, I don't know how that impacts uh, anything else. But um. I'm just saying, obviously, Kate treated more ghosts more like a son than she did Tommy. So what I'm saying is that it makes sense for her to die at some point because that's, again, Tommy's past coming to an end when he, he loses people around him. So he loses his mom, too. You know, we know he killed his father. We know all about that in, in the original power. So I think that's that's going to happen at some point. But the question of how it happens, that's what I want to see how that plays out because it could be she is sick. As 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 y'all said, it could be that she takes the bad pills, which I think that would make perfect sense for everything to come full circle. I will say this though: that whole thing about the donor, I don't. I think that'd be that'd be a little a little too much. But I will say this: I would laugh if they took that approach, and Tommy has already killed Walter, so they find out oh he was a match. Well, it doesn't matter now because he's already dead. So. That'll be kind of funny, but no, I don't think I don't know if they're going to do that. I don't think they're going to do that, but I look forward to seeing what they do. Who yeah, said we know that Tommy paid? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, we just some people saying like we know that Tommy paid for the bar, the new bar. Yeah. Was was that? Where where's the money? Oh, oh, that that that's from them. Uh, you know, selling the product, right? The selling. selling the product, having a whole bunch of money. money. By by the way, yeah. By the way, I think we can all agree that bar is probably going to get destroyed because now that Tommy is caught in all this mess, you know, at some point they're going to find out. Oh, if he's related to these other characters, they'll go to that bar. Maybe they'll burn it down or whatever. I can see that coming from a mile away. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> oh yeah, something's happening to that bar. That bar's getting messed <laughs> up. But then that opens the door to another question. Do you feel exactly. that JP will finally get into the family business? Yes. That that would that would that would that would force him because Tommy does not want him to get involved. That's why he got him the bar as a distraction. But he's gonna have to get involved at some point, I think. And obviously, if something happens to his son D Mac, who that could definitely happen as well. So we have to wait and see. But I that bar is it, we're not going to see that bar. By the end of this season, 
Remember the bar now, because you because it will be gone by the end of the season. That's what my prediction is. Wait, am I <laughs> no, the only they're, they're one gonna... that wants JP to be happy? <laughs> I, I want him oh, to no. be happy, but that there's no happiness in, in power. <laughs> you can't be happy. Yeah, 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 because because it, it, it will go against the narrative that anytime somebody gets around Tommy, something bad happens. So something bad is gonna happen, unfortunately. You know, it, it's just how it happens. But uh yeah. And because they made it such a point to say that JP, he doesn't, Tommy does not want JP to get involved. So now when something happens to that bar, now JP is going to have to get involved. He's going to want to be involved. So let's see what happens. <laughs> you know, they're, they're going to do the, uh, they're going to do the Budweiser version of Tariq's coffee hustle. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little something extra with your Budweiser. <laughs> no, hey, no frap. No frap, all cap. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. But, um, but yeah, let's get to final thoughts. So, um, Dana, you got any final thoughts? Anything we didn't mention? Any other theories? Or, you know, just anything in closing? Um, no, overall, you, you can, I had my issues, but overall, it, it was, it was good. Um, we did a lot of setting up of people being crossed and basically a lot of angry people and wanting revenge and wanting their money. Um, I think that it, they did a good job this time, you know, police and how they handle police in the power universe can be a little wishy-washy. Um, I kind of like how they're handling the situation so far. I do wonder, I can't remember the female cop's name, but remember she has the backstory with opening up an investigation on the police force for, you know, it was like a racial discrimination and and also how they was treating um, people in Chicago. So I wonder, we all know that that played into her not being able to get the task force originally. I wonder now with her being able to get the task force, are we going to have people who are, are able to, you know, or cops who are willing to help her? Or was, again, that just a sentence in a throwaway sentence? I wonder if that is something that's going to come back to haunt her. You know, so I found that to be interesting. Um, I also found it, you know, the, the serves and how everything was set up to be interesting as well. I like that. Um just overall, I think that, you know, Claudia at this moment has, she's the most person to have a revenge where she didn't have to have a monologue, but you knew she was going to get her revenge back. Um, I kind of, again, wish that's how they handled the brother, Vic, but I, I'm really interested in what's going on with her. Also, now that Dahlia's dead, what happens then? Like, did just everyone use their own you make their own version of Dahlia and that was it are we no longer revisiting that can they tweak maybe the the, the situation we do know that the girl is dead but yeah you, know, you know JP kind of figured out how it worked so I'm just wondering is that a completely deaded issue because that seemed to be the best thing that they had going for them in the previous season so I, I wonder, that, you know, how that's going to play out. And then, you know, Brendan Doyle, don't sleep with, pun intended, Brendo, don't sleep on Brendan Doyle because 
he could run back and end up being you, I don't even know you can argue if he's a snitch because at the same time he was being used it was like a quid a quid pro quo situation so I wonder if he's going to go run back to his people and explain you know what could happen with that situation I wonder how he's going to come into play with this but overall I just think that it was a very interesting episode you know I now have a new word for pancake. Never thought of using that terminology before. But but pancake it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good uh good thoughts there, um, as always. So Rich, do you have any uh final thoughts? Yeah, uh I thought it was an entertaining episode. Um, by the way, Brandon Doyle will get killed at some point. Come on now. This is a secondary character that I expect to get taken out at some point. It's just a matter of who is it going to be. So stay tuned. Um, but no, I thought it was a, a good episode. It was entertaining. Uh, it, there's enough that's happening now where I'm very intrigued to see what happens next week. And again, unlike the first season of Force, uh, I was very disappointed in the first season of Force. This is still better. It may have a few issues here and there, but overall, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I still want to see what happens. So they're doing something right, I, I, I think. But uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about the next episode and uh, very curious to hear what everybody has to say. Uh, shout out to everybody that left, left comments on the previous episode. And uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing your thoughts about this episode as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, looking forward to the comments on this one, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any uh, final thoughts, but we could also give some shout-outs. And uh, yeah, I'll go first with that. So yeah, big, big shout-outs to, uh, you know, the people who returned uh, in the comments. Jeremiah, you know, Rainy J. Um, I also want to shout-out, uh, Just Being Honest, and uh, SJ Smith. You know, they had great comments in on the last episode. Um, so big shouts to them. I also want to give a shout out to uh Dimitri slash DJ. You know, um yeah, we talk about power quite a lot. So big shouts to him. We're also working on uh, a project, a writing project. And also I want to shout out uh Rish from uh the channel movie bot too. So yeah, big shouts to him. I haven't talked to him a whole lot, but uh, you know, we we we're working on some stuff, so big shouts to him. Uh, but yeah, uh, how about you, uh, Dana? Got any shout outs? No, once again, shout out to everyone who listens, especially to me, Ramble. Um, thank you so much again for the support. There will be interviews, obviously, not with the cast, obviously, not with the writers, okay, the writers and, and, and your actors, fairly, but we do have directors. We have three uh, directors from the Power Force that will be uploaded soon. So we have that going on, and that should be a lot of fun. They will talk about their episodes spoiler-free, obviously, because we have some stuff that happens in 10, some in, in four, things maybe that already happened in one. But we do have them talking about their episodes, the overall theme. One of the things is like, you know, Tommy and how, you know, he's such a dark character. How do they bring levity? to him, balancing that dark and that lightness to him. Uh, so we talk about that, and we do talk a little bit about the previous episode and how this showrunner 
is different from last season's showrunner. So stay tuned for that. That will be up shortly. So just again, thank you to everyone who watches or listens to us. Oh, I can't wait for that. I want to see that. Yeah, so um, definitely look out for those interviews um, and head over to the entertainment channel also because, you know, Dana's always hard at work uh, over there, you know, even through the strikes and everything. So, uh, well, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. You're muted. On that side, we do have an interview with Antoine Fuqua, um, who just did Equalizer 3. So we're talking about Intel Equalizer 3, working with Denzel. Obviously, we don't have Denzel because strikes. But we have Antoine Fuqua. That should be a lot of fun. We'll have a lot of more um, interviews with the directors of other shows that's coming up. And, and you know, there's a lot more movies that, that's coming out very soon. And we'll have that with the creators as well. So that should be pretty fun. I'm sure it will, it will be a blast, I'm sure. Um, but Rich, how about you? Any shout-outs? Yeah, I'll give a shout-out to everybody that's been leaving comments, of course. Always great to see Jeremiah and Rainy J. Uh, also want to give a shout-out to NBA Old Boy because he did make a comment that he said that uh, Maria reminds him of Angela Valdez. Uh, and that's... Uh, I did have a comment that I had left in, in return to that. Maybe you will see a future discussion on that because uh, she is similar to An- Angela Valdez, but she has not broken the rules yet to save Tommy, unlike what Angela did to try to save Ghost. So once she does that, then I think you can make that comment and say, yeah, that's that's another Angela Valdez. But we'll see what happens because, again, that character is probably not going to survive this season. But, hey, stay tuned. But, um. Yeah, shout out to everybody leaving comments. Like to see all of your conversations uh, on the show. And uh, we look forward to uh, recapping the next episode next week. Yeah, shout out to NBA Old Boy. He has some pretty funny comments sometimes. (laughs) But yeah, that is it for for this week. We will be back next week to recap episode three. So, you know, look out for us then. Until then, have a great week, enjoy yourselves, and look after yourselves. Peace.